0: Football Social Daily, Premier League
1: updates. Hello, happy Monday. Let's kick off the week with another dose of Premier League news and views from the only daily Premier League podcast. I'm Jim Salverson, Marley Anderson is in the Sports Social Studio this morning. Hello. Alongside him we've got Nara Korn. Hello. How's your wrist, Marley? Knackered. <laughs> <laughs> Knackered. <laughs> it's always a dodgy totally question when you've injured your wrist. You're going to have inevitable jokes through the day. Goalkeeping oh, yeah. injury.
2: Uh, Yeah. That five minutes I got stuck in goal, I managed to uh, knacker it at football yesterday, seven aside. Did you save the shot, though? Yeah, I saved the shot, but at what cost? Heroics. A risk.
1: Absolute heroics. That is the cost. As well as Marley's injury, we're going to be talking about heroes and villains from the weekend, who's been a Gary Lineker and who's been a Diego Costa over the last few days. We'll take a look at Liverpool's shaped eggs being put into the World Club Cup basket after the Merseysiders announced their squad. the competition finals in Dubai we're also going to be looking at the shambles that is Arsenal Football Club and the saga of their next manager and the Champions League draw is happening as we speak so we'll have the very first reaction as to who gets who when it comes to the Premier League contingent in fact if I put this uh, fader up on the desk we should be able to hear the Champions League draw live they yeah, are. They're showing a montage at the moment. Ooh.
3: Sounds very dramatic. It
1: does, doesn't it? Big dramatic music, black and white pictures, all that kind of thing. We'll get the latest reaction from that very shortly on Football Social Daily. Should we have a review? Is this a Monday? Do you know what? This yes. is the best
3: part of Monday. This.
1: Cheer everyone up with a five-star review. If you want to review us, however you listen to podcasts, Five whether it star. be in Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, you'll probably get a shout-out on the podcast, particularly if it's a positive review. And Congo 2 has given us a positive review. He's in Ireland. And he said, I listen every day. Entertaining, informative, and funny. All the presenters are knowledgeable. All of us. <laughs> I'm not sure about all that. of us. All <laughs> of us, everyone. Wow. And at times, it's like listening to a group of mates having a chat. Whilst knowing the subject backwards, <laughs>
3: jokes on you, mate. We all hate each other, and we know, don't know anything. Yeah, Mar- Marley's wrist injury wasn't really from football, <laughs> yeah, just from punching the hell out of Jim.
1: Well, thank you very much for the review, Kugu 2, If you want to leave a review, Thanks, please mate. do so. And if you're on iTunes or Spotify, make sure you click subscribe. Or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow, and you'll never miss an episode of Football Social Daily. Let's Hang crack on. on. Am I the only person?
2: Am I the only person in the world or the country? easily that's got weaker wrists than roberto (laughs) (laughs) the west ham goalie do you want to nominate yourself for worst premier league team
1: of the decade you saved the shot oh i saved the shot yeah which is something that (laughs) roberto would have never done for west ham right let's kick off with heroes and villains from the weekend as we like to do on a monday occasionally we've each nominated a hero and a villain and i'm going to go first today i'm going to kick off with a villain because my villain of the weekend is big Duncan Ferguson. Ooh, don't don't tell him to his face, though.
2: Jim's <laughs> gone first because we all had villain Duncan Ferguson. Uh, yeah, We're we
1: all in agreement on this one. So he's had a bit of an impact to Everton. I think that's yeah. fair to say. Their form has turned around. Drew with Manchester United at the weekend could have easily won it, but what makes him a villain is the way he
3: handled Moist keen. Well, actually, this weekend. Yeah. The fact he wears a sweatband with a suit—does he? That makes him a villain in my book. I haven't seen the. Have you not does, seen this? Does that I was not... showing on oh the wrist God. rather does than he around the not head.
2: Represent something? Has he got a reason for it? I don't know. Because I know he wore Howard Kendall's watch, which was kind of yeah. like prominent and stuff. But I've, I've never heard the. I've never seen. wear like Andy Murray sweatband <laughs> with a suit. And <laughs> you know
3: what? Everyone knows you're hard, Dunk. Everyone knows you're a tough guy, so you don't need to take your suit jacket off and go and stand in the pouring rain on the touchline at Old Trafford to make yourself look even more of a tough guy than you already are. That's what Everyone I'm, knows. I don't need to that. do that.
1: i would not seen that. So what happened with Moise Keane at the weekend, if you managed to miss it, was Moise Keane came on in the 70th minute, but then was subbed off again in the very final minute of the game, at which Duncan Ferguson said afterwards wasn't tactical in any way. It was just a way to waste a little bit of time. But this is a player... Young Italian, mm-hmm. 19 years old, mm-hmm. low on confidence anyway. Devoid confidence. Yeah, not doing particularly well at Everton, not justifying the transfer fee perhaps. And now he's been embarrassed in front of 70,000 people at Old Trafford. Yeah. It just doesn't seem a good way to handle. This is... Bear in mind that Duncan Ferguson is a man who has a lot of experience of managing and looking after youth players at Everton. He was in charge of the youth set
3: Well, what I would say is, is who are we to question Duncan Ferguson's style of management? He's got two more Premier League games experience than we've got in this <laughs> studio. So in all fairness, you know, he got the result. I think that's Everton's sixth draw at Old Trafford in 30 years. I think what, they've only won twice at would, Old Trafford would in 30, did 30 years. Did Moyes King coming off that stage make a difference to the result? Well, Ant McGinley yesterday on the review show said that any substitutions after the 88th minute don't really count because he would have only been on the pitch for an extra two minutes or whatever mm. anyway. So what's the difference? I guess the difference is when you're subbed off, and like you say, you're a young kid who's not really had much opportunity to prove yourself. And when he has played, it's not exactly been explosive for him. Mm. In front of 75,000 people, not only that, it was a live TV game. Mm. So there would have been millions of people watching. And the fact that at Old Trafford, the tunnel is in the corner. So you don't just come off by the dugouts and walk straight down the tunnel. You have to walk half the length of the pitch in front of these 75,000 people down the touchline and down the tunnel. And, and he d- didn't even he no, didn't even look at him. And, that and he said that after, was the
2: thing, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, he said after the game that it was um, nothing to do with Keane's performance, nothing to do with how he was playing, just simply because he wanted to make a change, make a substitution to eat up some time. But if that's the case, put your arm around the lad. Yeah. When he comes off, put your arm around him and say, this is what's happening. It's nothing against you. The damning thing for me was that his replacement was Oumar Nias. He hasn't played for Everton. What was it? Yeah. Jesus. He hasn't played for Everton since last December, a year. And he even went on loan to Cardiff, and he was shocking at Cardiff. So what does that say about how Duncan Ferguson feels about Moise Keane? He's ne- replaced him with Umar Nias, Who did better in the two minutes he played than Moyes no, Keane had done he's, he's in the previous 20 in minutes. minutes
1: wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but he, he, he made, at least he. I think the stats are something like he made two tackles, whereas Keane had made no tackles in the previous 20 minutes he'd been on and he... One is challenging. I think, There's uh, not a lot you can do in two minutes. Like and Moise say, Keane looked knackered as well. Yeah, and like you say. he's just
3: horribly managed. His upturned Everton's form, hasn't he? Big dunk since he's come in. Beat Chelsea, drew with Manchester United. But I still don't think he deserves the job. Because on that premise alone, if he can't... That, I mean, man management's so key. Mm. He's, the thing is, is the way Moise Keane joined in the club and, and there was that big sort of thing with his mum wasn't there with the shirt being handed over to his mum saying "Oh, we'll, yeah. look, we'll look after you we'll look after yeah, your son yeah. Yeah. And he's been treated terribly by Duncan Ferguson in that instance I think that that means he's off I genuinely think he could be off to Italy again in January I, I think, think that
1: could, could be it be off in January particularly if Ferguson does stay around and I think there's a big chance that Duncan yeah. Ferguson will manage Everton until the end of the season and then they'll make a decision because there doesn't seem to be the right person available for them at the moment that will take the job the people they want are seeing Everton as a step in the wrong direction like yeah, your Ancelotti's the and your Pochettino's.
2: way above their their pay grade they're yeah. they're not in the right league for them not not in terms of actual league I mean managerial <laughs> league so <laughs> it's a, yeah they need that six months mm. but you know
1: so yeah it's silly. I think you're right Moist could be on his way in January so that's my I would take, Duncan him, Ferguson. I'd take him i take him at West Ham exactly. I think he's an amazing talent
2: I think he should go somewhere else in England and prove to himself that like well have it prove to him that England's not that bad like, he's had, a, he's had a crap experience so yeah. far. But go somewhere else and be loved and don't go back to Italy. You get
1: racist abuse. But he's he, had it before. Well, as we say, he's just a player that needs a bit of confidence. He's silly yeah, kid. He's 19. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to help what happened at the weekend. So Big Dunk is my villain. Do you want to go next,
3: Niall? Who's your villain for the weekend? Oh, do you know what? I, I, it's so cliche to do to say, all oh, VAR was the villain. <laughs> VAR was the villain. Um, so I'm going to try and avoid that. Um, I, I tell you what, I'm scratching my head for a villain, but I can go for a hero. My hero would be Kevin De Bruyne. The performance against Arsenal yesterday yeah. was absolutely magnificent. Just the man, when he's on it, he's, he's I think he could... Someone's saying it was his best ever in a City shirt. It's just, I, I don't want to, it sounds like I'm really getting ahead of myself here. I think Kevin De Bruyne, when he's on it, is arguably in the top three players in the world. When he performs like that, mm. it just felt like every time he picked up the ball, something was going to happen. And he's not a flashy player. He doesn't do the step overs. He doesn't do the body feints or the jinx. He's just so economical. You know when he gets the ball, he's going to create or he's going to have a shot. And he's finished for the first goal. The ball's bouncing out to him on on the volley. uh, And and the way he drives his foot through the ball um, meets it with such sort of conviction. Smashes it into the roof of the net. His second goal sets it out behind Chambers and curls it into the bottom corner. Then he assisted for Sterling's goal, just a tap in, got to the byline, crossed it back. And then Leno had to make an unbelievable save to tip it onto the post to stop him getting the most ridiculous of hat tricks. So De Bruyne would be my hero. I just thought he was absolutely sensational against Arsenal. Like When he's on it, he's he's just so good. It seems
1: crazy to say that Kevin De Bruyne is an underrated player, Mm. but I kind of get what you mean that... Technically, he's so gifted and
3: he's not flashy. He's not well, an Eden just, Hazard he's, or like he's I not say, a Christian Ronaldo. He's economical. He just gets on with the job. He knows that his job is to create stuff for Manchester City. You know, and he took the shot scored, and it was just like, even in his celebration, it was just very, not subdued, but like, that's what I do. And there mm. is a, a sprinkling of arrogance about Kevin De Bruyne as well. The beard, by the way, is shocking. Ginger beard. Has he got a beard It's like a blonde on. beard thing. Get rid, Kevin. He doesn't get look old rid. enough to grow a beard. Just get rid of that. that. <laughs> if he gets rid of that, then fair play. To be um, fair. As, but what a
2: performance. As beards go, Will Hughes' is worse. <laughs> Will, Will Hughes has like, got an
1: albino beard. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> De Bruyne is getting a, that way. He looks think. like a shit
2: father Christmas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have to say, Kevin De Bruyne, I was very happy with his performance due to the fantasy league points that yep. he gave my team until I realised that everybody has Kevin De Bruyne. So it makes absolutely see, no difference. Is where
2: right, you the want football. to play the draft? I've got him in my draft team, and there it was even better. That I've Unbelievable, everybodys
3: But yeah, he would be my hero. What a performance!
1: Who are you going for, Marley? Are you going for a hero or a villain?
2: Um, I'll go for a villain first, and it's just it's Burnley fans <laughs> 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 because <laughs> you got justify. Because, or is that right, just left there? Just Burnley fans. I shouldn't have to. Everyone should know. Um, no, it's just I got pelters on Twitter on uh, on Sunday on Saturday just because every Burnley fan who. Uh, has twitter which is like 28 of them <laughs> <laughs> everyone replied to me just giving me give me a stick for uh, just saying like burnley are the worst team to watch football this, is, this wise. is nothing
1: to do with the fact that newcastle your team lost to burnley well that made, <laughs> that made, count, that made me <laughs> force, that forced me to watch 90 minutes of burnley which is horrible <laughs> it's bad enough watching newcastle but watching it was
2: such a bad game.
1: It was always going to be a terrible game. It was game, an awful that. game. You and I had a conversation on Friday yeah. and I said, this is going to be one of the worst Premier League games of all time, Burnley versus Newcastle. Yeah,
2: you. I think you said it had nil-nil written all over it and it did until I realised about 20 minutes in, I knew how they were going to score against us and I thought they're going to crowd the goalkeeper and Dubravka's a good goalie but he's not amazing when he's under pressure and I thought... um, they're going to get him with an in-swinging corner. They're going to put it right on top of him, and one of their big thugs up front is going to power it in. And that's exactly what happened. I have to say, I'm Chris not hearing was... much
1: just justification at the moment for the Burnley fans being just... given villain of the weekend. <laughs> just because, <laughs> just... other than the fact you lost, <laughs> Yeah, Well, yeah. Um, no, it's just because,
2: like, <laughs> they're like, oh, we're we're everyone does what we do, and it's like, yeah, you. Newcastle fan, Newcastle fan going at us when all you do is the same. But in reality, I don't think we do because we, we have like pacey players on the counter-attack. Mm. Our, our approach is we'll defend and when we get it, we'll run at you. Whereas Burnley's is, if we get it, we're going to spread the pitch as much as we can and we're going to leave them two big lumps up front and we're going to hoof it to them and that's it.
1: I think it does raise some interesting questions we the had, way Burnley play, because you're right, they do play that. Uh,
2: agricultural football. Mate, Sean Dyche is Tony Pulis with a ginger goatee.
1: That's do, you, it. do you think if Sean Dyche, because there's been loads of rumours about him going to a bigger job, I was going to say big job, then I remember no. he'd been linked with West Ham, <laughs> a bigger job, Arsenal, someone like that he's been linked with as well, if he went into that kind of position, Arsenal. would he play the same way? Oh, Jesus Christ. Would he play in the same way? or would he would. Is it because he has certain players available that he plays a
3: certain way, or is that just his type of management, his type of coaching? Sean Dyche is good him. at what he's good at. He's good at what he's good at, and that's managing Burnley much like Eddie Howe is good at managing Bournemouth. Mm. I can't see either of those two in a bigger job. I can't see it. And I ah, think if yeah. they do, I think it will go downhill. But re- I can, I I can re- see Eddie Howe uh, having more of a chance at a bigger club than Sean Dyche. Because I think, like you say, if, if Sean Dyche went into something like Arsenal, do you really think the fans would put up with what Marley's talking about? Route 1. No. They're not going to put up no, with of that, of course are they? Not. The and, is- and Eddie Howe, it seems to take him a while to get that style of play, that philosophy implemented. And I don't think that there's the patience at Premier League football clubs now to allow Eddie Howe the time he would want to get the style of play moving and style of play working. Whereas at at Bournemouth, they lost five games in a row until they beat Chelsea at the weekend. And Eddie Howe was afforded perhaps a bit more grace than another Premier League manager would have been just because he's been there so long and he's earned Mm. his stripes. So I think these two managers, Howe and Dyche particularly, I don't think that we'll see them moving anywhere anytime soon. I really don't, because I just... Sean Dyche is good at what he's good at. I think, we'll see, he, I think we'll see a move
1: is whether they can make a success out of that move.
3: Burnley are Burnley,
1: team. aren't they? I can't see Dyche getting, getting a,
2: a job at a bigger club. Just be, Imagine him at West Ham. Imagine Felipe Anderson
1: working in that system. No. Lanzini. Well, that's it. <laughs> imagine Fournells. Felipe Anderson working. Well, that's where, <laughs> whether he played that Haller same... would be all right. Whether he still played that same... Style of he, football with he hasn't, better players, he, he hasn't got
2: anything else. Otherwise, he, he's been there five years, he would have implemented it by now. Mm. They're solid enough to have a go and, and play a different style if they wanted to. But the only sort of semi exciting play they've got is Dwight McNeil because he crosses, but he's in the team because he crosses towards the big lads. So,
1: <laughs> so in <you> w- short, <laughs> to Burnley. If you want to get Marley on Twitter, it's at 91Marley, oh by the way. You can if you're join the other fan. 28 <laughs> Burnley fans
3: that have had a go at me. Okay, right, I'll, I'll go in with my villain then because. I didn't really want to do this, but seeing as it's a Monday and it's getting close to Christmas, you think that, you know, there would be a bit more charitability about this. But my villain, um, not because he's evil or anything like that, would be Ishmael Asar from Watford. Just purely because <laughs> he, was he wasn't awful. He was very good against Liverpool. And there's no shame in Watford losing to Liverpool. I know they're desperate for the points. They're scrambling down the bottom of the table. I think they're the basement boys at the moment. Um, so losing 2-0 to a Liverpool side that haven't lost in 30-odd games is no shame at all no no one would
1: have expected Watford to get anything out of that
3: game but Ishmael Asar is Watford's record signing the ball came out to him um and he completely shanked a volley and it it is like I can't even explain how bad this was yeah it kind of rolled off his shin pad I mean we played in a charity game a few months ago and I've seen some better connections on volleys in that game (laughs) than I did from Ishmael Asar so um, I was disappointed with him because I thought there were a few people that were excited about him coming into the Premier League and think, oh, he might be one of these players that really turn things around for Watford when he gets fit again, because of course he's been injured. Mm. He goes out on international duty, gets injured, um, comes back and new manager, gives him a chance and he, he didn't take it. And I feel that that kind of must have really deflated those Watford fans thinking, our oh, it just sums up our season. So not a, vil- uh, not a villain in the sense of he's done anything wrong, just... That's a real poor moment of quality from someone you paid so much money for. You'd expect a little bit better. Happens quite often, doesn't
2: it? I remember I watched that game on on uh, Saturday, and I thought it reminded me. You know, Nicholas Pepe has got a lot of stick for yes. not being very good yes. at Arsenal. They spent forty million quid on Sir. So. Is that how much it was? Yeah, I think so. I think it's forty. That's an
1: amazing amount of money, particularly for Watford I'm sure, to I'm, spend. I'm pretty. I think I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that.
3: Right, I'm I'm googling it.
1: We're googling it. Whilst you you Google that, let me talk about my. He's only 21, by the way. My
3: hero of the weekend, because this is a good one. Ben Foster. Oh God. Oh, Marley. If if Marley hates Burnley fans, he hates Watford even more. He's just got a hatred for those two clubs. Do you know why Ben Foster's hero this weekend? Have have you seen seen this story? It's brilliant. Oh,
1: for the WhatsApp thing. It was a WhatsApp message. Yeah, a post that went up on social media this weekend about a Watford fan. Let me tell you this story. This is the post word for word. My uncle's dad has been a Watford. Has... My uncle's dad was at the Watford game last weekend. He's been a season ticket holder for sixty years. He's now eighty. He's an early sufferer of dementia now, and he's going to have to stop going soon. He left the ground and went to start his car. Flat battery. God knows why, but he thought he'd walk the ten-mile journey home. He gets down this dark dual carriageway, falls over down into the ditch. A car pulls over to help him up. It's Ben Foster in his goal with his missus and his dad. They said they'd seen him about a mile back and something didn't seem quite right. So they turned the car around and go and find him, picked him up from lying in the ditch where he was, took him home, cleaned him up, asked him what he's doing for Christmas and said if he's not, if he's going to be on his own this Christmas, he can spend Christmas at Ben Foster's house.
2: How, How done, nice ben. is that? Fair good,
3: enough, man, ben. Ben good man, Ben. Good man. Fair play. That's brilliant. That, yeah. Then That's good on him and certainly worthy of hero status for the week. I think. I think so. And it's a nice point to finish this
1: particular half of the podcast on. We'll be back in a minute. We're going to talk about Liverpool in the World Club Cup and their squad, which is pretty much full of every single first-team player that they're taking out to Dubai. We're going to talk about the Champions League draw which is happening as we speak we'll react to that and we'll talk about arsenal and their managerial situation it's coming up on football social daily football social daily subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode football social daily premier league updates this is football social daily welcome back a bit of fact checking going on here first the world club cup isn't in Dubai <laughs> is in Qatar. Secondly, what was the transfer fee? 30 million. About? 30 million. 30 million for Sam, This is worse than general still... election. lies everywhere. <laughs> still a monumental waste of money on these performances so far. Whole load of fake news going on. Right, let's talk about Liverpool and the World Club Cup. As I promised, they've announced their squad. And I think I was a little bit surprised by the squad they've announced for the World Club Cup. Because I was expecting they've got... So it's the, the World Club Cup is one day. And then the next day, they've got the League cup quarterfinal against Aston Villa yes and I was expecting them to maybe kind of split the squad mix and match yeah yeah have decent players in both Mm. teams that was going to play but the squad they've announced for Qatar is pretty much everyone and anyone who is fit from (laughs) Liverpool's squad which means the kids are going to be left to play in the league cup against Aston Villa are we surprised that they've
3: gone all in on this I don't think so. Only because I saw a recent interview that Jürgen Klopp did with uh, Big Peter Crouch. And he said that it's just a trophy that Liverpool have never won before. Um, Obviously, they've won the League Cup. It's a while ago. uh, And people are saying, well, the Club World Cup doesn't really mean anything. But let's not forget, you know, those locked down the, uh, is it the M56? Manchester United have got a Club World Cup. Liverpool Mm -hmm. don't. And I think there is a little bit of my dad's bigger than your dad about this. I do think Liverpool want to win this trophy just because it's another one that they, 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 they can add to the collection, one that they've um, not got before. And also, Jurgen Klopp said it was quite important to him that they represented UEFA and European football mm. um, uh, on this world stage. And although I don't think there's going to be much attention drawn to the Club World Cup as it's known, but I do think he's got a point. You know, we, we pride ourselves in our European competition the Champions League being the best in the world and I think why not go and showcase that I do think that Even there a is fan, do
1: you care which yeah, one do you care less I think care... say...
3: I think Liverpool fans care more about
1: this than they do the League I Cup. was going to say what you care more about but I think it's a case of what you care less about exactly League, yeah. Club, League Cup or World Club Cup I
2: think they've both got the same uh, disadvantage as in when you win either of those cups that we're talking about at the end of the season everyone goes ah oh, who gives you a toss about that same with the Community Shield yeah like you can't count it in your treble, can you? Not, yeah, not you really. You can't
3: count Community Shield in your treble, but like, I, to I be think honest, it bears a bit
2: more weight than that, but I see what you say. The Club World Cup hasn't got better teams in it than the League Cup, because no. when you get to the final, you have the hard game against, uh, is it Flamengo, probably? Yeah. Um, and then in the League Cup final, you'd have a, a game against a full-strength Leicester or Man City or someone like that, whoever it is. Um, so it's kind of a, it's one of them where you win it and you don't get the, the respect. But because the Club World Cup comes around less because you don't you're never really in it unless you're in the Champions League, then it's more of a a thing to, to sort of boast about. You can make the point easier that yeah, it is a real trophy. What you're on about with the Medellin or whoever it is? <laughs>
1: Monterey. Monterey is one of the
2: teams there's someone called Haiyengin Sport or something. It sounds like a disease. <laughs> I'm sorry, by the way, if we go out in whatever country they're from, if you get in this podcast there. I, I hope they're not I, from Cambodia. I we actually, can't lose yeah. our status as
3: the second best podcast in Cambodia. I think it's a yeah.
1: borough of Burnley,
3: isn't it? Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Really
2: doubling down.
1: <laughs> they just played Route 1. It's, I mean, it is a difficult one because there is a certain amount of prestige, you're right, because you get to it by winning the Champions League. And that's the only way you can get into the competition. But the opposition isn't great. There's a risk of when you're playing these teams, like these Mexican teams, for example, I think Monterrey are the fourth best team in Mexico last season. <laughs> it's the, the risk of getting injuries is quite high as yeah. well. And but that's
2: what you're exact- trying to say about the Mexicans
1: <laughs> <laughs> leg choppers. <laughs>
3: but, but I suppose the argument would be if you want to be a successful team, you've got to deal with that. You're going yeah. to play in more competitions. The better a side you are, the more yeah. games you're going to have. It's the same for anyone successful and Liverpool can maybe argue about their squad depth. I think that that question of squad depth and squad quality, I think that that, can, that you know that's on slightly rocky foundations now. Look at Divock Origi when he's been called upon. He's been brilliant. Mm. Uh, Jordan Shaqiri's been excellent when he's had a chance. Alex Oxe-Chamberlain's now back and looks better than before. The likes of Lalana who probably hasn't really had a chance, but since he's come in this season, I think he got a, an equaliser for Liverpool against Manchester United in a big game. So I do think that Liverpool's squad depth is better than it was or either that, the players that are on the periphery are performing a lot better. But this is what surprised me is the fact
1: they haven't got the these peripheral players that you're talking about aren't staying at home. They're, going, they're part of the 20 but that I think, are going out. I think
3: that's important though, Jim, because to be honest, if you won the Champions League as a group, if Jurgen Klopp did split them up, mm. does that divide the camp at such a crucial time of the season going into the Christmas fixtures, Liverpool knowing that they've got this big lead at the top, chance to win a first league title in 30 years. If you say right, Van Dyke, you're coming with us, but Lovren, you're staying to play against Aston Villa with the kids. Mm. What what does that say for your squad then? You're causing division and rupture when you probably don't really need to. Okay, some might say it disrespects Aston Villa, but I think Jurgen Klopp cares, cares a lot more about keeping the solidarity of his squad together and keeping that camaraderie and keeping that good bond together than he does about perhaps risking fracturing that by sending a couple of senior players to play against Villa.
1: I do wonder how much control Liverpool have got over the team they take out to
3: guitar. I reckon FIFA would have given him a big yeah, slap on yeah, the wrist It, it, it taking that, doesn't
2: it? If you if you take like Neko Williams rather than Trent Alexander Arnold and yeah. stuff like that, I um, think there's a
1: condition of entry there. There's a contract that's been signed that guarantees the big players are going to go. Essentially, I,
2: I thought they might have switched it a bit more, like not like Lovren and Van Dijk. If you leave one and take one, obviously you've left the crapper one at home. But <laughs> for example, I would have like thought they might have been tempted by taking Salah to Dubai and leaving Mane at home mm. just because then like you can't really split them, they've both been amazing Mane's arguably been better leave Origi at home leave, take Origi,
1: leave Firmino or something we like have that. seen some rotation with the Liverpool team in recent weeks as well though, he has yeah. brought in he's giving people a
3: little bit of a rest
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, to
3: be honest, that Salah and Mane thing you know, that that was kind of rearing its ugly head a few weeks ago saying that they had an argument and what and whatnot. if Jurgen Klopp then takes one and leaves the other it's like choosing between two children isn't it like you reopen that that rift yeah. um i don't think liverpool would risk that but i think you're in the whole probably right i think there must be some sort of agreement between fifa yeah. and uefa uh, and uefa would have said to mm. liverpool yeah. listen the part, part of this is you need to take your, your full team yeah. that's yeah. the way it goes the
2: carabao cup has been disrespected enough that they, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they know no one one's going to well, they're, they're going to get the kids i'm
3: surprised they haven't done the draw on top of a mountain somewhere in you know <laughs> out of Mongolia or something like that you know it's either that or a Morrison's interestingly the League Cup the Carabao
1: Cup Aston Villa versus Liverpool Liverpool are 8-1 to one to win that even mm. with the kids that's got to be worth a dabble Please bet responsibly and all that. <laughs> Eight to one.
3: Eight to <laughs> one is decent. You've just lost everyone loads of money, Jim. <laughs>
1: well, all one them.
3: Well, loads
2: of
1: money. Jim will reimburse you on the bets that you've lost.
3: <laughs> Unless um, you're a Burnley fan, yeah, yeah. in which case. <laughs>
1: right, let's talk very quickly about Arsenal, because Freddie Lindbergh this weekend has called for action from the Arsenal board, deciding who is going to be the successor to Anaya Emery. They were insipid, I think would be a good description like of their performance word. against Manchester Abject. City at the weekend. And Freddie Lundberg just hasn't worked as a temporary manager. When you look at the impact that Duncan Ferguson's had at Everton, Freddie Lundberg has had arguably a negative yeah. impact, if that's possible, after Emery.
2: If you're comparing Duncan Ferguson with Freddie Lundberg in terms of, like, impact, you've got one guy who beat up two uh, robbers in his house when he was getting robbed, like proper tough bloke, mm. like, really sort of motivational
1: you got one guy used to pose in his pants, I've been playing. Which one
2: are you going to be more inspired by? But the I... idea
1: of bringing Lundberg in was the same with Duncan Ferguson. They wanted someone that yeah, but reminded it, that the
2: players of Arsenal's heritage
3: and all that kind of thing. Do you know yeah. what this is?
2: Remember right? Right when we used to be good? He's going to die, his hair. he's going to have that red mohican next <laughs> week. See if that brings anything back.
3: This is Freddie Yumberg saying, I do not want the Arsenal job. Mm. This is Freddie Yumberg saying, please put I've me out of my of misery because you are... This is damaging my chance of getting a job as a manager further down the line. Yeah. It yeah. really is. Yeah. The worse Arsenal are under Lyonberg, the more other clubs will take notice and go, Ah, uh, well, he was crap in a temporary job mm. at Arsenal, so why should we give him the job? I think Lyomberg knows that Arsenal are damaging his chance of being a manager somewhere else down the line, which I thought was I think it's fascinating mentally to look at the, the kind of the way he's dealt with the situation. I think Arsenal are shambles from top to bottom. I really do. I think there's a massive divide between fans board and players and I think someone said it the other day that the way that things are at the top end of the club has filtered down onto the pitch I mm. don't think anyone knows what they're doing uh, I just think that they're over-reliant on Aubameyang and Lacazette to bail them out of games Lacazette I think, didn't even play on them the weekend. and Bamiang barely touched a ball against Manchester City so yeah. um, I just think that there are serious issues at Arsenal and I think that they are going to be very lucky to get I think they're going to be very lucky to get anyone in um, who's willing to be patient with the Arsenal fans because I think Arsenal fans everyone says oh fans need to be patient with the manager is the manager going to be patient with these players before a knee-jerk reaction I mean, happens because Freddie Lundberg lost his patience after three games
1: how much does it actually reflect badly on Freddie Lundberg because of how terrible the club is from top to bottom at yeah, the but moment that's, that's
3: ridiculous though I, he's, the, he's the manager it doesn't matter whether that's unlucky or not oh you know Oh, to be fair to Lundberg he took over a terrible team yeah he did but it's yeah. he's the manager yeah. I'm sorry that's the way it goes in football yeah. If you do a bad job, you do a bad job. I mean, might, there might be uh, mitigating factors in that, but Unberg has done a terrible job. You only have to look at Spurs to see how badly
1: Arsenal are managing their situation, where they sacked Mauricio Pochettino within... 12 hours. It, I think it was within six, wasn't it? It was yeah, like it was almost instantly yeah. Jose Mourinho was in place. Yeah. Here we are, three weeks on from an Naomi being sacked... And yep. they haven't got a clue who the next That's box is. Typical they, Arsenal, they don't seem I mean, to even have an idea. I think they are gonna interview twenty candidates with the number I heard. Yeah. But
2: like with with how it how it's sort of going so far, I mean it sort of supports what, what Niall just said. It was um it's not an impossible job. It's not an impossible job to make Arsenal solid. Like it's they've got yeah, they haven't got amazing players, but it's not impossible to get a a back four that actually looks like a back four rather than just four strangers in red and white shirts on a Saturday Mm. or Sunday. It's not impossible. So whoever the manager is has to sort that out. Yeah. and Sam Allardyce has thrown his hat in the (laughs) ring by the way. Of course he has. He's been talking his balls on. Sam
3: Allardyceo, as he likes to call himself. He said he'd sort that defence right out. But (laughs) do do you know what it is, though? I said this on the podcast about maybe last week or the week before. Arsenal's too nice. It's too nice of a club. The Emirates is nice. He's got padded seats. Everyone feels comfortable going. There. They're generally a good home team, Arsenal. They have mm. been over the years. But I just think there's something about Arsenal where it's just too friendly, too nice. Everything's a little bit happy-go, yeah, and that's why lucky.
2: The, there's so much. There's too much, player, there's too much player power at every club. But Agreed. Arsenal's it just takes the mitt. I just to...
3: think they need a manager. They bullied Emery
2: out of the job. They, yeah, I, they, feel, I genuinely I said it at the time. I feel sorry for Emery. They need I, a I manager. I think he's a better manager than what they... The, the, uh, he got no respect... This they is, walked all yeah. over him, and would you do that to your boss in a normal job? No, you'd get. To I'm to sure we've
1: asked this question before, but who goes in there?
3: I think Allegri has to go in there just purely because I think if, you know if you're talking a toss-up between Allegri and Ancelotti and Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe doesn't take much crap, but I just think Max Allegri would be the one. I think he's more stern, more tough. Mm. That's the sort of manager Arsenal need. Uh, Arsene Wenger, he's very much the father figure, arm around the shoulder. Unai Emery, like Marley says, bullied by the Arsenal players. They walked all over him. Yeah. I don't think that they can afford to have another, not soft manager, but another lenient manager. I think they need to have a manager in there who's willing to put his foot down and say, listen, you need to buck your ideas up, otherwise this club is going down and down quick.
2: Well, there's a, there's a picture on um, on social media today of um, apparently one of the Arsenal board Leaving Mikel Arteta's mansion in Manchester,
1: really? Um, so it looks like it's going to be Arteta, but Arteta looked miserable. during about, the City Arsenal game, didn't he? Yeah, he think, was, he was watching that Arsenal team going, "What have I got myself into?"
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It, thinking uh, about that though, uh, Arteta's such a risk for Arsenal. I just I don't get what what, they're, what are they what they're trying to do. Are they trying to get the fans on side by getting a club legend in. I mean, his, it's not worth his
2: managerial Lundberg. record. Played one, lost one. I, at Man City it's so it doesn't seem infuriating like I'm not even
3: an Arsenal fan but get someone get someone who knows what they're doing who can put their foot down and yeah. deal and stamp out all the crap that's going
2: on I think he knows a lot of the club obviously because <laughs> he's been there but mm. for me as good as he might be and he might genuinely be amazing in his in his future managerial career he may have the same disciplinarian problem that Emery had as in there's a lot of strong characters who who don't seem to give a toss, to be honest, at no. Arsenal. So I I think you need someone who's done it all in the game, like Ancelotti. To command
1: that respect. Yeah, Ancelotti
2: yeah. or Allegri, for me, would be a, a better choice now. In six months or 12 months, when they've got that squad sorted out and they realise that they just need something else, maybe they Arteta. Mm. But it seems like they, I think they will go with Arteta, and I think he'll take it. And I think... It we'll be, may, doing, it we'll be having this be conversation
1: seen. again in 18 months yeah. when the same thing happens again. Maybe. Let's wrap up with a bit of Champions League chat because the draw for the last 16 has just finished. So the fixtures are going to be Borussia Dortmund versus PSG, Real Madrid versus Manchester City, Atlanata, Atlanta? Atalanta,
3: Atalanta. Atalanta. Oh,
1: Atalanta <laughs> versus Valencia, <laughs> Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool, Chelsea versus Bayern Munich, Lyon versus Juventus, Tottenham versus IB Leipzig, and Napoli versus Barcelona. Some... Tasty ties in there. Real Madrid, Man City's got to be the highlight of them, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, it's got to be. That's a good game. They've played a few times in the last 16 quarterfinals, haven't they? Over the last maybe five seasons. Mm. I feel like that, that they drew each other a couple of years in a row at one stage, didn't they? City, City. and Real Madrid. Or maybe I've I can't remember. Maybe I, I went
1: to see Real Madrid playing City in the Champions League, okay. so I can guarantee that took place. That did happen. <laughs> I'm yeah. not,
2: it's not a figment of my imagination. Um, Real Madrid aren't in the best of ways at the minute. I know they're kind of in transition a little bit. Um, they're, st- they're still doing all right in, in the league in Spain, but, and they've still got the players to hurt City, but, oh, I don't know. I'll tell you what this I is. I think
1: City will do all right. City needs to get past this... the last 16. Yeah. They, they can't yeah, they have do. another Champions League season where, where they need to get to the final, really. This is going to
3: yeah. prove whether Pep Guardiola is what is known colloquially on the streets as a billy bullshitter. Right. Because he said, uh, <laughs> he said that, Manchester City aren't equipped to deal with the top teams or something like that, mm. he said recently. Maybe uh, he I am name misquo- checked Real Madrid. I am though. misquoting him. He said that, yeah, he, that he said they also name checked Manchester United. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. He said that um But that was after the Derby. Yeah, he did. So But he said he said that at this moment Manchester City aren't in the right space to compete with the likes of Real Madrid. Well now we're gonna find out, aren't mm. we? Because Manchester City need to compete with Real Madrid, otherwise they're gonna be out of the Champions League. I'm just looking at their record, yeah. Four games. Um, they've never beat Real Madrid. They drawn two and lost two. So, uh, f- interestingly enough, the, um, they came in 2012 and 2016. Those those fixtures. I just think M- Manchester City now they're in the best place they could ever be to beat a team like Real Madrid. With Real Madrid the way they are and Manchester City the way they are at the moment, and I know Pep's going to say, "Well, you know, we're not we're not ready." I think that might just be a bit of mind games from Guardiola, to be honest. I think Manchester City. I think Manchester City will be will be if they can pick up some good form across Christmas and going into February, I think that they'll be favourites going into this.
1: RB Leipzig-Tottenham is probably the most favourable draw for any of the Premier League teams. Tottenham will be quite pleased to have. I mean, RB Leipzig are the seeded team in mm. that, that draw as well. So they were the they were probably the opposition when you look across the board that most of the English teams would have wanted.
2: Yeah, um, it's tougher than it seems because Leipzig are flying. They're a very, very good team. Timo Werner obviously is in the form of his life. I think Spurs will be hoping that somebody tries to sign Timo Werner in the in the January window yeah. because I think he's only got six months left on his deal. So maybe if they are going to sell, him, maybe that's the time. If they replace him with Erling Haaland as well, like then that's bad news. <laughs> but for example, if if the the sort of progression is Haaland goes to Leipzig and Werner goes, then it's still a problem. But if Haaland's been very very much linked with Man United this weekend, so if it's perfect for Spurs if Werner leaves and Haaland doesn't go to um, Leipzig, then he's got. A, they've got a much better chance. Solskjaer was saying this
1: weekend but that the it's it's future is decided, that he knows where he's going in January, which yeah, kind of hints that he, he might was, be going to Manchester United.
2: Yeah, he was kind of like coy about it as well, wasn't he? Yeah. He was like, Yeah, I know. And it was like, Ooh, if Man United got a chance all of a sudden? Because obviously he's played with Solskjaer before, haven't he, at Moulds and.
3: He knows him and everything, but. but Roy Keane did end his dad's career, so oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I hate that. It's funny, isn't it? Really, it's, it's just I, one of the funny things. Well, I wouldn't, really wouldn't let his son go, but um, Red Bull Leipzig, are top of the Bundesliga. Uh, Borussia mentioned Gladbach lost at the weekend to a yeah. late goal, so that means Leipzig are now top. Bayern Munich are down somewhere in fifth or sixth. Uh, Dortmund, likewise, very tight. Oh, it's it's been really been tight in the Bundesliga. But you know, Julian Nagelsmann is 30 years old or 32 years old Mm. or something. He's he's a dead young coach. But he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, So there may be some eyes on him as a coach. I think this will be a lot of people's first look at Leipzig when they take on Tottenham. And I Mm. think that will certainly um, raise a few eyebrows as to how tough a test it will be. I think Jose Mourinho and Tottenham would have preferred a bigger fish. I really do. I think this is, you know, get the cliche bell ready. I think this is a a, a banana skin to be wary of. (laughs) (laughs) How many of those...
1: Four English teams are gonna be in the quarterfinals. So you've got Real Madrid taking on Manchester City. I think Manchester City have probably got enough for Real Madrid. Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool, Chelsea versus Bayern, Munich, Tottenham versus Leipzig. Are we gonna see all four teams through to the last eight? No. Who's no. Going to... Chelsea are gonna lose? Chelsea. To out. But the other three through. Um I wanna say yes. I,
2: think Liverpool I think have... yes. I
3: think Liverpool are the best they are. The Over two team. legs. I
2: think Liverpool have got the toughest draw because Atletico are the best defensive side in Europe. And if anyone's going to stifle Liverpool, it's probably a Diego Simeone side. And they've got Jao Felix up front. maratta's much better than it was in England. Uh, Diego Costa, is, I think he might be injured, but who knows, he might be back by February. So um, they have got a tough thing, but I think if Liverpool break them down, then... They've also got the second leg at Anfield which is obviously a oh, bit of an advantage. That oh, well, kind if of they lose old... 4-0 in the first leg, they'll win then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
3: well, there's been rumours whether Simeone might be keeping hold of his job because there was definitely speculation that he was going to get sacked not long ago. Mm. And yeah, rumours yeah. linking in with Arsenal. So, which again, a great again shot the Christmas for period, there's so many games, particularly for English teams. We, we don't know the situation. I mean, Chelsea might keep losing. They might end up be sixth or seventh mm. by the time we get to February. You just don't know. Liverpool, likewise... Um, might be even further clear at the top. So you just just don't know what might happen. This Club World Cup, like you say, there might be a serious injury to one of their big players. It's just, again, it's a case of wait and see. I think until maybe a couple of weeks before the fixtures, that's when you can really start to take a stab at who you think might go through. But, I mean, we have to back our Premier League teams and say that, you know, we've got the best teams in the world at this moment in time. Manchester City and Liverpool, I think, when they're on it, the two best teams in Europe at this moment. And um, yeah, I mean, I can't see, I can't see those two bowing out, to be honest. But like Marley says, I think Chelsea and Spurs might have it a bit tougher.
1: And those games are going to be in the final week or so of February 2020, which is well in the future. 2020. It's next decade. What we thinking about? <laughs> miles away. Don't need to worry about that. Well, that is it for Football Social Daily today. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you've clicked subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts. Click follow if you're on Spotify. There'll be an alternative to that. However, you're listening to your podcasts. And if you do that, you'll get the next episode as soon as it's ready. We'll see you next time. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.